Hi, my name is Rena Jain. I'm a psychologist, wellness coach, and a podcaster. You're now listening to the Happiness Project podcast, a podcast that will help you look at things differently and push you to have a better experience of life. My wish for you is that you find peace in this moment. that you do things that really lights up your soul and sets it up on fire that you keep pushing yourself to be a better person with a grateful and compassionate heart that you put yourself out there because life is too short to be living for anybody else but you i really wish you bloom with grace because trust me you are one intention away from an entirely different life hello guys hope you are having an awesome awesome week just wanted to quickly share some amazing news with you all my podcast the happiness project is now being heard in more than 100 countries Well I feel immensely grateful for this platform and for being able to connect with you all and contribute my share of experiences expertise and interviews and of course all of this wouldn't have been possible without the support that I receive from each one of you week after week well yes this is hard to accept and kind of believe but I am so so proud of myself at the same time for being consistent and continuously collaborating and networking with people from across the globe to bring the best possible content for you guys so well if there's something that i want to share is that follow your passion follow that inner voice and let it guide you show up even on those days when you feel the most uncomfortable because you will then realize how showing up makes so much of difference put yourself out there and you'd be surprised to see how much the world needs you and most importantly just walk your journey you may not be able to make sense of everything that is happening right now but just know that when you're functioning from a space of purpose and passion and continuous effort to make a difference and be an unstoppable force of good life will then start happening in that particular direction and then nothing I mean nothing can stop you from experiencing your life to the fullest on a day to day basis. So now let's move on to our second episode of the series with Phil Lee. This episode is in continuation with our previous episode where Phil introduced us to the concept of the shift. He also took us through his life journey of challenging childhood circumstances that led Phil to a traditional personal growth journey. in mid 20s to late 50s at the age of 60 phil went through a personal crisis that directed him to a spiritual path he also talks about what's wrong with goal setting and the traditional notions of success and achievement and why we are all taught to look in the wrong places as in how the conversation moved forward phil discussed about the shift principle which involves the realization that it's our management of our own inner world rather than the outer world that ultimately determines our state of being 
In fact, in continuation to our previous episode, in this episode, we take a deeper look at the shift from what is true freedom and happiness. He talks about how we can be present and in this moment to experience life to the fullest. He talks about how there's so much of energy that is blocked within us and it doesn't allow us to look beyond that. And how awareness is a source of spiritual freedom. One of the most interesting things that he talks about is the death of our ego and spiritual surrender. And how that typically happens only when we experience a personally challenging situation. He says, true freedom is freedom from yourself. It's not needing all that stuff, a nice house, a wonderful marriage, an expensive car. It's of course good to have all of those things, but it's about being free from your conditioned mind. He also touched bases upon some interesting concepts that nothing is coincidental, that we come from the stars, we come from the Big Bang. This moment has been orchestrated from the past 13.8 billion years where Phil reached out to me and everything just felt right and we connected. He says, yes, we were involved, but we are all part of this cosmic world. There are things that are happening in our lives, which are way beyond our imagination. Well, this conversation just keeps getting so interesting. So tune in to the entire episode and find out so much more about this conversation in detail. And now, without taking another moment, let us welcome Phil Lee once again on the Happiness Project Podcast. Well, hi Lee, welcome back to to the Happiness Project Podcast. Thanks once again. Oh, Raina. Good to be back with you. (laughs) Lovely. You know, so last week we discussed about a lot of important topics. And this week we decided to dive deeper into the shift um, principle. Honestly, You and I, we both know that change is inevitable. And in fact, we all know that. Winds change direction, circumstances change unexpectedly, and it's a very normal and predictable part of our lives. Um, The nature of the changes we inevitably experience are less predictable, however. We, We also know far less than we sometimes like to think. And how much ever that we try and might imagine things about the future, we may not always end up experiencing exactly what we thought. So how do we train our mind to be in this moment right now? Because, you know, as humans, I think it's a very natural tendency to sort of think about what is going to happen tomorrow or in in a week's time or constantly ruminate over those past experiences. It's very difficult for us to be in this moment right now. So How can we train our minds to be present? It's a very good question. That's a very deep question. And the the best answer I can give you based on my experience is the mind is what's stopping us being in the moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, from a psychologist's point of view, I understand, you know, a concept of like training the mind and, you know, cognitive behavior therapy and, you know, changing your thoughts and all this sort of stuff, which is all useful stuff, but essentially, the mind is what's, well, the mind, the, the mind is what's stopping us being in the moment. And it, but, but, but essentially, it's the focus on the mind that is stopping us being in the moment. 
Right. So as I said to you earlier, and we did have a bit of chat offline about this, about, you know, you said, look, you know, who am I? Yeah. These are really, these are really deep questions, you know, like, see, and I said to you, well, essentially, we are all awareness. Like we're, we're all essentially consciousness. You know, if, if you if you buy into it, and as I said, this is experiential. This is not a belief system. Mm-hmm. Unlike most religions where they, you know, you're told what to believe and that's what how you were brought up. That's what you believe. What robs us being in the moment is our focus on on our mind and our mind is comprised as, as we know of thought and what is that thought mostly about what is i mean you you know should have a decent answer to this what is our thought mostly about i'll ask you a question what what is most what is the majority of our thoughts what are they about yeah i think they're negative yeah they are negative but what are they about who's the subject of uh, most of our thoughts are uh, you. <laughs> so we have these, uh, you know, as I said, somewhere between 12,500, 60,000 thoughts a day, but 90 plus percent are negative. They're all about you. Yeah. And all the thoughts about you are all about your fears, all about what you don't want to happen, all about what you do want to happen, how you want life to be. And you know what? That's stopping you appreciating how life is right now. So true, so, so true. Now, but how do we know? This is the really deep question. And this is the question psychologists don't, don't ask. How do you know you're having these thoughts? See, when you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist and they ask you, like, well, what, why are you here? Like, what's on your mind? We tell them what's on our mind and they train to question and listen and ask and to try to, you know, get you to communicate these thoughts. So we have all these thoughts and you just told me, and I agree with you because every, and and by the way, it's everybody. <laughs> the vast majority of the thoughts, if not all of them are about you. Your thoughts are about you. My thoughts are about me. Right. I, don't, I think maybe momentarily about you, but 99.999% of the time, I'm thinking about me. <laughs> I'm thinking about me and what I want and what I need to avoid. Right. And if you really analyze your thoughts, that's what you're thinking about. Now, as I said, when you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you go and you say, they say, why are you here? And you say, well, you know, I'm having some issues. And what are these issues? Well, and then you start to tell them what your thoughts are. And that's fine from a psychological level, on a psychological level. But on a spiritual level, the really deep question is, which a psychologist will not ask you, is how do you know that you have those thoughts? Mm-hmm. And the answer, Raina, is? Is. <laughs> See, okay, so the thing that you do, which most people do, which actually really you know, makes it, these concepts difficult to understand, is you go to your mind because that's the way you've been trained. Yeah. You yeah. think your mind has all the answers. So you go to your mind and your mind goes, what's he talking about? I mean, of course I've got these, of course these thoughts here. How, what, when, how do I know I've got them? Well, they're there, they're, they're real. So that's what's going on. But I mean, we, we earlier in our first podcast talked about meditation and you meditate, is that right? Yes, that's right. 
do you do you, what sort of meditation do you do you do mantra meditation or do you focus on so I, I so i was introduced to meditation by sadguru and i did this inner yeah. engineering course and i've been doing well, I've, I've done in i've done in inner engineering so that's what i do so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so but, but, but just ex- very basically simplistically if you explain to someone your meditation practice if you were going to teach me for instance and i said orena oh, could you please teach me a simple meditation practice what would you teach me i think i would just ask you to stay still and observe your breath i think that's what okay. i would want okay. to uh, so when you say you say i would ask you to sit still close your eyes go in a quiet room and observe your breath yeah you're asking me to observe my breath right yeah. now yeah so when you ask me to observe my breath who from my perspective who is going to be observing my breath oh I I mean myself yeah No no you okay so when you're meditating yeah so you sit down it's not that hard a question <laughs> when you sit down and you're going to meditate yeah and you say I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to go into a quiet room and I'm going to observe my breath when you sit down to observe your breath what actually happens Well I think oh, most of the times when we start meditating and uh, you know start observing our breath I think oh, we're not able to because there are so many thoughts there's there's so much Okay okay just hold that just stop right there So what you're saying is when you sit down this is not just for beginner meditators this is for even experienced meditators Yes when you sit down you say I'm going to observe my breath but what what you notice mm-hmm. is that very quickly you're not observing your breath mm-hmm. you are now observing your mind yes so the question is which part of you has noticed that you were no longer observing your breath but now you are observing your mind the part of you that it is aware that there are thoughts going on in your mind and the part of you that is aware that you are not observing your breath that that it is not observing your breath and that is what we called awareness so there is an aspect to us that is beyond thought beyond emotion beyond sense and this is the this is the foundation of spiritual spirituality is that there's a there's a a part of us the the true part of us or our true essence if you like spirit essence is that part of us that is actually aware that we are separate from thought emotion body right so when you go to when you go to a psychologist and say i'm thinking this the psychologist won't ask you but the spiritual master will ask you maybe how do you know you are think like you talked about who am i so ramana mahashi ramana mahashi have you heard of ramana mahashi mm-hmm. it's an indian saint yeah that was his that was his he's credited now he didn't make it up I'm, i don't guess it's self it's called self realization or self self realization or self self realization will do so self realization is realizing your true self so ramana mahashi's big thing was to constantly ask who am i who am i that notices these thoughts who am i that feels these emotions who am i and in essence who you are is that part of you that is aware 
that you have thoughts and emotions. That is not you. Mm. Well, it is, that is separate from. Mm -hmm. Now, you talked earlier about being in the moment and using the mind to be in the moment. When you realize that you, you are not your mind, but yes, and you are not your thoughts, but you have them. And by the way, we've, we, we, we talked about in the first podcast that neuroscientists agree that over 90%, it's probably close to 99% of our thoughts are not thoughts we're willing. They're thoughts that are just coming up. They are compulsive. Mm. That, that means they just, they just arise, right? They arise. They energetically arise. And they energetically are usually arising out of past experience. But they just arise. We're actually not willing them. You wouldn't will them because they're driving you nuts. That's why you go to a psychologist in the first place. And my guess is, right, and I could be wrong, I wanted to be a psychologist too. I studied behavioral science. Uh, my guess is most people who want to be a psychologist, psychiatrist, are because they're trying to figure out what's going on inside their own head. <laughs> well, it's like this fascination with, like, why am I having these thoughts? Like, why? Why? What's going on here? <laughs> so, so in a deep spiritual sense, not a psycho, not a psychological sense in a deep spiritual sense you know our true nature is awareness now the, the fancy word they give for it is consciousness yeah and 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 in a very deep sense and i you know this is just me speaking but you know you know, the saints and the masters talk about this from all religions, the, the true, you know, that, that, that everything comes out of the one consciousness. Yes. So that everything is connected. So, so how do, you know, your question was, how do we train the mind to be in the moment? You don't train the mind. You train awareness. Mm. And how do we do that? And, and, okay. Well, here's something for you, Raina. Meditation is essentially an awareness practice. Right. It is essentially an awareness practice. Yes. So the more you meditate, yeah. the better you get at noticing when you're not. Yes, that's very true. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, you are, you are, for want of a better term, you are, you are exercising your awareness muscle. So that when you're meditating, you're able to go, oh, there's thoughts, random thoughts. I'll go back to breathing. And you get better at noticing the thoughts. Yeah. Okay. And the better that you become at noticing thoughts, noticing emotions, the better you are at able to let them go and just let them pass. The big mistake we make is we get stuck in them. So when I said to you earlier in that first podcast, when I had that personal crisis, you know, near the age of 60, life wasn't doing in, 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 in a, life wasn't behaving the way I wanted life to behave, you know, like God's <laughs> like trying to, starting life to please me. Um, I felt the word I used, and this word is used many times in, in offices, uh, you know, psychologists and psychiatrists office, stuck. Stuck means awareness has become stuck in focusing on thought. Really? Mm -hmm. That's what stuck means. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. And now if you allow the thoughts to part, if you're aware enough to 
not get stuck in thought and allow the thought to pass. As you say, nothing ever lasts. Everything changes. If you just watch the thoughts as you do in meditation, they will pass. Mm. You are then in the fully in the present moment. Right. I don't know if that resonated with you, right? It did. It did. It did. <laughs> not, it did. Sure. I didn't course. see a light bulb going off above your head. No. In fact, the moment you said that meditation is all about awareness right i think that is so so true i believe meditation is not about again controlling those thoughts or wanting things to be the way i want them to be it's instead about just accepting things the way they are accepting our thoughts they are a part of you they're not you and the moment to make that uh, distinction i think it it all uh, leads to you living a better life most most of the thoughts are just neurotic oh yes thoughts about you know they 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 like if you had someone outside of you if you had someone sitting next to you that walked around with you all day and night and and said in your ear what your mind says to you all day for 12 and a half thousand to 60,000 thoughts a day and just said all the time raina your hair's not looking the way you like it look raina you better watch out raina your dress is not on straight raina raina watch oh i forgot i had to call phil i wonder what time i'm calling phil raina you forgot to call phil you better call phil raina raina i hope it doesn't rain today oh no i forgot my umbrella if you had somebody outside of you that was talking in your ear what would you do to them raina i would kill that person <laughs> kill them and you know and and the unfortunate fact is some people do that <laughs> now it's not funny i'm you know like what i'm saying is you know there isn't someone outside of you that's doing that you're doing it it's actually your mind and yeah. the big distinction is it's not you your mind is doing that absolutely and unfortunately some people actually do what you suggested they have no alternative but to kill that voice and in killing that voice they kill the entire organism and that's a tragedy yeah it is well but i mean look it, it's a very you know when you say if you had someone outside of you uh-huh. that was was constantly talking to you the way that most of us talk to ourselves yes. you would just you know you would just like do whatever you could do to get rid of them i know yeah fair Yeah. Fair? But that is in fact the sad fact is that's what we're doing to ourselves. I know. And I think now more than ever it's very important for all of us to be very compassionate towards ourselves because you know uh, any any way the world out there is constantly at us. Okay? And you know being in such a competitive world that we are in right now I think there there are a lot of external voices that are constantly criticizing us and on top of that we we are also giving in to the inner critic that we have so it becomes even more imperative to to sort of just really really be compassionate towards ourselves true absolutely true absolutely true so yeah um because there's a lot of negativity in the world mhm and uh on top of all that we create our own negativity and that is the human condition Yes. Um, so when when we spoke about the shift in our previous episode 
how would you describe the way you now live your life and the changes you have noticed practicing the shift in your life so let me just sort of define what the shift the shift is the realization that everything that we truly want you know the happiness joy peace freedom is an internal experience and not an external experience and you know you told me you've done sadguru's inner engineering and you know i've got the book up there on my bookshelf with all my other books and i've done the program myself and that's essentially what he's talking about it's the it's the science or the understanding of the science of yoga that that everything comes from an internal energy source the right. source of happiness is 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 a it's a awareness and allowing of to flow of this spiritual energy that we talked about and we all have it yeah. everyone has it unfortunately we're all blocking it most of the time to some extent yeah and we block yeah. it we block it uh, so the energy we blocked and the main culprit that blocks the energy is mind <laughs> okay is this is this focus on mind emotion and body but you know largely it's mind and emotion and body and and what so 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 what actually happens when we feel happiness you know traditionally something happens that you want to be happening you know you someone you love asks you to marry them and ha oh, you know it's all he puts a ring on your <laughs> finger and goes down on one knee and you know says you know Raina will you marry her it's like oh everybody's <laughs> like <laughs> and if put it this way if you wanted it to happen what happens is in a spiritual sense not a psychological sense what actually happens is the mind when it gets what it wants the thoughts thin out much like the clouds thin out the sun is always there great yeah. the sun is always there the spiritual energy that we have that provides this feeling of happiness joy love is always there like the sun is always there but sometimes it's cloudy yeah and on a very heavily clouded day you don't see the sun and sometimes you doubt whether the sun is even there if the yeah. clouds are very thick right mm -hmm. and then people get miserable and they say what a miserable day right it's just the way that you know on it a is, spiritual yeah. level it's just the way it is this is the way that it is this yeah. is the only way it can be yeah. but you know and you know the the the, the wind picks up and da, 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 and the next day oh what a beautiful day i can see the sun it's beautiful <laughs> the sun was always there and now i feel happy and joyous because i can go out and oh the birds are chirping it's beautiful in the same way when you get what you want <laughs> the mind thins out the thoughts thin out and when the thoughts thin out awareness is then more better able to notice right the spiritual energy it's like it's better able to notice the sun hmm. and 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 to to notice and experience this natural state which is this flowing spiritual energy when you don't get what you want for instance if you didn't want that person to ask you to marry him let's say you're going oh, i hope he doesn't ask me to marry him i'm just about to break up with him <laughs> and they ask you to marry you. All of a sudden now the thoughts come thick. Oh my like, god. And they start and they start to block that energy. 
right? They start to block that energy. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, no, I feel terrible. Yeah. And you start to have these thoughts like, oh, why did he do that? And, of course, the, this, is the really, this is the really deep part. And, it's uh, look, it's not easy to grasp. I'm not going to say that it is. And I've done a lot of work on this stuff. So, and, you know, I've been teaching it for a number of years and it's not easy. And I, I try to sort of influence my kids and they get a certain way and then they pull back, you know, because it's like they're not ready. And, and, yeah, you know. yeah. and, and, and essentially my, uh, my, um, my take on this stuff is, uh, look, Jesus was attributed a quote um, that, you know, you have to die to be reborn. You know, and, that, and you can interpret that any way you like. But the way that I believe, you know, should be interpreted is, is the ego has to die. The ego has to get out of the way yeah, yeah. before you can really accept these concepts. And, and like in my case, when I said to you, how did I get into this? Yeah. I had to go through a really quote, unquote, highly challenging personal crisis. Okay. Where basically my ego was shattered. How, how was the process like for you? And it, well, it's like it is from like, you know, um, most people before they have a spiritual experience have to reach rock bottom. Mm. When you get to a point where you realize that you, you can't do it, you're not in charge, that you're not, you're not, basically you can't do it. Yeah. You know, and, and seriously, I don't know if you know much about, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. I've never been an alcoholic, but I do know a little bit about Alcoholics Anonymous. And at one, you know, one of the creeds of Alcoholics Anonymous is, you know, to accept a higher, you, know, you can't do this yourself. Alcoholics are alcoholics because they're trying to drown their pain. They're trying to distract themselves yeah. from the, from the, from the, um, from the, you know, from the very severe pain that they are feeling psychologically and emotionally. And it's suppressed. You know, alcohol is a way of relieving that. It's a way of relieving that, you know, for a while, you know, and 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 it becomes addictive because it. But the more you do it, the less it works, and the more you have to do it. And yeah. the, one of the underpinnings of Alcoholics Anonymous, they have this twelve-step program, mm. is is you know the the acceptance of a higher power. So in other words, you have to give yourself over. And that's the, that's the death of the ego. When Jesus said you have to die to re be reborn, I believe that he was talking about the death of the ego, not the physical death of the body. Yes. Yes. The resurrection. Yes. In a sense, the resurrection is a, is a metaphor for, yeah. for the shattering of the ego. Yeah. Because you can't, have a, you can't live spiritually and have a strong ego. Correct. Hmm. Um, they, they, they're, they're not compatible. Mm -hmm. so, so often the ego has to shatter and the way the ego usually shatters is is during or after, you know as a result of a very personally challenging experience where you've just basically said i've surrender i can't do this anymore yes. Yes. i surrender and you know that's actually a topic that'll be the our fourth podcast which is the you know which is spiritual surrender which is the highest spiritual path there is Mm. Which and, and 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 until that time, the ego is still fighting in some form to have control. Like I could see that in you, if I could be very open. You know, when we were talking initially about you know who you are and we discussed it, the ego is sort of going, uh-uh. No, I still don't know who I am. Uh-uh. 
That's ego, and I'm not saying this in a negative sense. Yeah. That that is, I'm gonna, and I can talk about this through my own experience. Mm-hmm. That is ego. Ego fights for survival. Mm-hmm. Ego fights for survival, and as I say, it's only when, usually, only when there is some, usually not a, not always, but usually some dramatic event in someone's life that they can't handle, and it like. Mm-hmm. I'm ready, you know, they, they turn to God, whether it's whatever religion, whatever. but, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, I need something bigger than me. Yes. And they find it something bigger than them. And, uh, but the ego has to shatter first. But, you know, for a very long time, we as humans hold on to this ego. So yeah. how... How can we suddenly let go of that one, you know, piece of ourselves that is our well, identity? Well, it's a really good question. So I can only talk from my own personal experience. Yes. I have read a lot about this as well, and it marries my own personal experience. The first thing is you have to really want to. Right. Like, for this way, it's like, it's like asking the question. <laughs> Here's a funny story. So I always, I wanted, always wanted to be a singer in a band. And, um, uh, but I never thought I was good enough and blah, blah. By the way, I became a singer in a rock band at the age of 60 and I still am, so it's a good story. So it turned out quite well. But at about the age of 30, I used to sing quite well as a kid and then, and then, uh, then my voice changed and I, I never thought I was any good. And about the age of 30, I thought, oh, I'm going to get singing lessons because I want to sing in a band. And I found this singing teacher and she was a very matronly, like a school teacher type sort of singing teacher. And I went along for the first lesson and, you know, we're doing a few things and I'm a bit nervous and, you know, she's getting me to sing a bit and do scales. Anyway, after about 10 minutes, I, she's sitting down on the piano and I said, um, this is my question. I said to her, um, how long does it take to be a good singer? And I said, how long does it take to learn to be a good singer? And she looked up at me. She had these little glasses on, you know, little granny type glasses that were on her nose. And she looked up at me and she said, and this is what she said, straight faced. She said to me, how long does it take to become an Olympic swimmer? So I didn't go back for lessons. So it sort of killed my enthusiasm. But what was she basically saying? I'm asking you that question. Well, it's going to take forever. Sorry? Well, what she meant is it's going to be taking like forever. It takes a long time. It takes commitment and it takes work. That was her, that was what she was trying to say. Yes. Right. So, so uh, your question was, you know, what can we do about the ego? And my answer is the first thing is you like, if you want to, by the way, I also said, I did become a singer in a band at 60. I'm now 66 and I'm still wow. singing in a band and it's, and it's a really good band. And what did I do? I had singing and guitar lessons for about the last 10 years. Wow. With it's another incredible. teacher. And I, and I, okay, it's not overly incredible, but you know, but that's what I've had to do. I'm still not great, but that's what I've had to do to be able to get in, you know, I, and now my, I'm playing with really good musicians. I would never have, if you would have told me 20 years ago that I'd be doing this, I would have said, Raina, you're nuts, right? But, you know, I had a strong desire. I just went and, you know, found people who could help me. 
And, you know, I've worked through it over about the last 10 years and I, I had a guitar lesson today, by the way. So there you go this morning. So I'm still doing it, right? So you have to have a really strong desire. So how do you get rid of the ego? The same way you do anything, the same way you get to become a, a really good piano player, the same way you become a really good tennis player, the same way you get become a, you know, do a master's in psychology. You have to really want to do it. And then you've got to do the work. Now, I totally agree with you on this. But does it really mean that one has to go through some personal crisis to realize that we all have to get rid of that ego? Well, it's a really good question. And, and I would like I, I, my own experience and my own observation of other people in life is generally, yes, unfortunately, because here's why. It's like, as I said to you, I, I have two very bright kids. One of my kids is a lawyer. She does really well. My other daughter is a uh, television, she's a journalist and a television news reporter with one of the major networks. Bright kids. And they're interested in the stuff I talk about, but only to a point. So they're interested in this stuff. I give them all the books. I send them stuff, da, 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 and they send thanks, Dad, you know, heart. And, but I know that essentially they only have a mild interest. Right. Right. And why wouldn't they? They've got busy lives. They're da, da, da. So, you know, they're, they're going down the normal route that I did from about age 20 to about age 60. Right. And I get that. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think the answer to your question is that, um, yes, it doesn't have to be a personal crisis, but I think mostly it is. Okay. Because the ego is very, very strong. It's very conditioned. In other words, in particularly in the Western society and now even in Indian society, you know, it's very much about, you know, you guys aspire to Western culture and, mm. you know, technology and, you know, very advanced in terms of technology and, yeah. you know, a emerging. Uh, me and all that sort of thing and and and, and the ego thrives on that yeah the ego thrives on that i mean dare i say it I, you know like it, it thrives on that so as long as you're sort of doing okay or you you have some vision in your mind that you can do okay and blah 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 you're going to continue down the same path so it's not a surprise that people, you know, I think you probably know this from a psychologist's point of view as well, that you know, people only really get change when they, people don't like change. I mean, you said earlier on, change is inevitable and it is. It's inevitable for all of us. Yeah. But having said that, people don't like change. <laughs> In fact, we resist change. Yes, we do, yeah. That's why, that's why even people who should be at the psychologist's or psychiatrist's office aren't. They usually only go when they're forced to go. Yeah. Right? Like when the wife says, I'm going to leave you if you don't change your behavior. Yeah. Or the husband says, if you don't stop, you know, if you don't stop doing this, I'm leaving. Or, you know, whatever. So we usually only will change. That's why it's called the shift. And it's a big shift. Like even giving up smoking is a big shift. Oh, yeah. Right? But, uh, Something as simple as giving up smoking. Yeah, so when we talk about the big shift, doesn't it take very small steps for the big shift to happen? 
Well, it's as I said, it's it's like learning. There's no difference if you want to be a really good piano player. You know what 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 does it take to be? Do you play an instrument or anything like that? Practice. Do you, yeah right? Do you play? Do you play an instrument? I don't. Okay, so what does it take? Firstly, it takes desire. I want to be able to play that instrument well, or I want to be able to play Beethoven six, or I want to be able to play. You know, I want to be a singer in a rock band, you know, a good rock band. You know, I want to be, wow, I'd love to do that. So first thing is there's a desire. Then the secondly is a, is a commitment. Like what do I have to do to make that happen? Now, there's no guarantee it's going to happen, but what do I have to do to make that happen? Well, if you want to learn how to play the piano, you have to get a piano and you have to probably get a teacher because it's easier if you get a good teacher and you have to commit yeah. to lessons commit to some practice and over time, if you do that enough and you maintain the desire and you maintain the commitment in, in several years, you know, if you want to be a really good piano player, maybe in five to 10 years, you'll be a really good piano player. Mm, of course. It's exactly the same. same yeah, absolutely. But the thing is that most people Mm -hmm. would love to be able to play the piano, but they don't have the desire or the commitment. They might have the desire, but they don't have the commitment and aren't prepared to do the work. Yes, that's so true. And it's exactly the same. It's no different. Spiritual work is spiritual work. Yes, yes, yes. So um, my question to you was, you know, when we enter the spiritual process, you and I, we both know that the journey is not always easy. So the journey know, is not easy. So when when we are in this journey, when we are in the process of understanding ourselves deeper and deeper with every passing day, there are days when things get really rough and it becomes so tempting to sort of give up on the entire idea of the spiritual journey. And you know, we we tend to get into the trap of negativity. So how do we pull ourselves from that? Uh, okay, oh, it's a very good question. It's a really good question. So, you know, this this podcast, this second chat that we're having, I mean, we had a sort of, um, I guess, a theme for it, which was a deeper look at the shift, uh -huh. which is the practice. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what is it and what is true freedom and happiness and, you know, yeah. what, is, what, is, what is the practice? Mm. So, so you, you're 100% right. It's not easy. It's not easy. So let's put that out there and, you know, which is one of the reasons why I suppose most people won't do it or we're not taught is another reason. But essentially, if you want, as you know, I've kept, I've said it half a dozen times, that the, 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 the true happiness and joy and freedom, true freedom is freedom from yourself. Like we think in the West, freedom. So if you said to someone, what's your idea of freedom? Like, I'm going to ask you, Raina, like if you said to the average person on the street, what is your idea of freedom? What are they going to say? Um, <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? If you said to somebody, what is freedom? What is true freedom? What would you reckon they'd say? Being yourself. Being exactly. No, that's not what they'd say. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to complicate this, Raina. It's very simple. Most people would say, well, certainly where I come from, mm -hmm. I don't know about India. I'm going to guess. Depends. If you're in Mumbai, they might say the same thing. If you're in a little village, they might say something different. But, you know, if you were on the, in the, the Ganga, you know, if you were in Waranasi or somewhere like that, 
they might say something a little bit different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, um, but, you know, in the Western world, you say, what is true freedom? Well, if I have enough money that I don't have to work and then I can <laughs> just live off my interest and I can travel wherever I want and do whatever I want and, and go to whatever restaurant I want and drive whatever car I want, and that's true freedom. That is not true freedom. Oh, yeah. But that is the Western notion of true freedom. Well, I think, if you, yeah, you, you know, we're all... Uh, from the time we are born, we are all laid out with uh, a, a template to live our lives. You know, like you're, right. gonna, you're going to be doing your schooling, then you're going to be going to your college, then your university, then you get a job, then you get a you get retired. I mean, and then you you know just chill. <laughs> you and then you live off your pension, and then you know you just have a good time. Then you just chill. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what we've been taught from a very young age. Well, it's a bit different, in, yeah, and it used to be like that here, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you know, you go and you, you get, you leave school and you, you, uh, you get into a startup, technology startup, and then in five years you sell it for uh, half a billion dollars. <laughs> I and, think then you do and then you go and do whatever you like. We are, well, the shift is taking place here in India as well. <laughs> you know, people yeah, okay, are, so yeah. So, so generally, people equate freedom with economic freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right, yeah. But but that is not true freedom because there not. are plenty of people, plenty of people that have economic freedom, but they're not free, <laughs> and they're not happy. Would so, you agree? I would totally agree with you. Okay, there's not too many people that disagree with that one. <laughs> so, then, so the question then is, well, what is true freedom? Yeah. And I will tell you, I won't even ask you because it's a tough one. And I certainly wouldn't have known this when I was your age. But true freedom is freedom from yourself. And how do we get that? True, true freedom is, is not needing all that stuff. And now, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have. Yeah. It's nice to have a nice house. It's nice to be married to a nice person. It's nice to have kids. It's nice to have a nice car. It's nice to have a business. It's nice to you know, get a master's degree. It's nice to have a good practice. But true freedom is freedom from not needing any of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, yeah, nice to yeah, have. Yeah, absolutely. True freedom is not needing any of that stuff. Correct. Is free, essentially freedom from yourself, freedom from your conditioned mind. Mm -hmm. You know, and the only way you can get freedom from your conditioned mind is firstly to realize, as we've talked about quite a bit, that you are not your conditioned mind. Right. You have one and you notice that you have one, mm -hmm. but it is not who you essentially are. Mm -hmm. It's not your essential nature. Yes. And the, probably the best way that you can sum that up, there was a Catholic priest in the 19th century. I can't remember his name, but anyway, he coined, he coined the phrase, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes. We are not human beings having the occasional spiritual experience. Now, most people think I'm a human being, and I occasionally have a spiritual experience. Like when my baby's born, I have this, oh, isn't the world wonderful? When, when I kiss my first love, 
oh, what an spiritual experience, you know. But, you know, and this is really what we're talking about, Raina. We are essentially spiritual beings having a human experience. The problem is that we think because of our association or our identification, awareness identification with ego, that we are in fact human beings, separate human beings, Phil, this human being called Phil, having the odd spiritual experience like when I get what I really want. But we are, in fact, our true nature is spirit. That is, we come from the stars. We come from the Big Bang. We come, you know, this whole moment, you know, we talked about earlier in the first podcast about coincidence. This has been, this moment here has been orchestrated for the last 13.8 billion odd years. True. It could not have not happened. Like we think, oh, I saw your thing and I reached out to you and you said, yeah, that's a good idea. And then we spoke. But that was all orchestrated. Yeah. We we yeah. like to think, but, but ego thinks, uh, you know, I'll go downstairs and my wife say, what were you doing? I was having a podcast. Oh, who with? With Raina. Oh, how did it come that happen? Well, I saw her thing and I contacted her and then she contacted me. Oh, geez, you know, you're a very enterprising young chap. Uh-uh. Yeah, yes, we were involved, but it was all part of this, all part of the cosmic dance that we call love. I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if some other genius hadn't invented video conferencing. And video conferencing (laughs) wouldn't be possible if some other genius hadn't invented electricity. Or not invented, discovered, because it was already there. Discovered it. You know what I mean? And yet we think from an egoic sense that we made this happen. We didn't make it happen. In fact, we are so not responsible for this happening. <laughs> Do you get it? Now that's deep. That's 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 deep. Yeah. That's deep. Right? That is deep. You had to study psychology. I had to go through all the life experiences that I've gone through. We're all connected. <laughs> Everything is connected. Yes. And now we're getting somewhere, Raina. Mm-hmm. Everything is connected. And what's robbing us of happiness, joy, peace, being in the moment is this identification with ego, no. the mind, mm-hmm. the mind, emotions, body. Right. Essentially all ego... There was a uh, Maya Baba, I think a great Indian saint, had a saying, this will blow you away. Man or man, it could have been woman, but he used the term man. Man minus mind equals God. Man minus mind equals God. The thing, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. The thing that's stopping us having the having mostly the spiritual experience is mind. So, so fascinating. It's, it's fascinating and it's very, very deep. It is. And it's, it's, in fact, it is. it's the deepest stuff you can talk about in my opinion, my humble opinion. Of course. Of course. 
Um, and, and, and um, you know, so, so essentially, uh, you know, how do we get rid of ego? Well, firstly, you know, as I said, unfortunately, most of us have to go through some personal, personal tragedy <laughs> and, you know, and then be open enough, right. open enough to, to explore the other side. Mm. And that's a story that's, that's, that's told throughout history. The history of religion <laughs> um, is, you know, is, is um, and I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a practicing Christian. I'm not, a, but you know, Jesus, Jesus on the cross, I think is a metaphor for, you know, having the ego having to die in the rebirth, mm. you know, the ego having to die to be reborn. You have to die to be reborn, meaning the ego, that, that identification, the, you know, awareness or consciousness, I actually identify, that's the problem, is the identification with ego. You see, we're all we all we all have an ego, yeah. Right, right. The problem is the identify. When I identify with ego, that's the problem. True. So when you, if or when you ever get to a point where you go, God, I get this. Like, hang on, how can I? You know, I'm actually the my true nature is spirit or, or awareness. That's my true nature is awareness. Um, then it's the first step to being able to to let go yeah of ego yeah. and when you let go of ego life changes and most people are afraid to let go of ego which is why ego is so strong in the first place <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it's like it's like it's like we're holding ego is like holding on to a lifeline yeah, yeah, as yeah. tight as you can and you know this fear of letting go because i'm like I, and it's essentially because I'm not okay. See, we're all not okay. What does that mean? But we've all had experiences in the past that we couldn't handle. And we never actually got allowed the energy because everything's energy. We never allowed the energy of the experience, the very, like I go back and I talk about my painful experiences when my father passed away and got MS and got cancer and then my mum, they're all very painful experiences. Well, I didn't let them go. I hung on to them for years. Yeah. Like I push them down. Like I push the, the pain down. Okay. And so that pain stays there. And we do that with all sorts of things. So is it any wonder when someone talks about someone's father dying and years ago, I would have teared up yeah. because all of a sudden it's now gone in and touched my, my own pain. So, so my job over the last, you know, five or six years has been to release a lot of that stored pain True. and it's actually energy and the only way you can release it is by letting go noticing when it comes up noticing when it's been treated and let it go and we'll talk about that a bit later you know in the next two podcasts we'll do. yes i think it all comes down to awareness Raina, i can see a light bulb going up on top of you <laughs> <laughs> well all thanks to you well, I'm, if I've made some small part, I mean, a very, very small part, you know that uh, I, have really nothing, I have really nothing to do with this, but it's a very small part. And, uh, um, but yeah, that's, just, that's essentially our, 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 our true nature is, is, is awareness. And I mean, you can prove it because next time you sit down to meditate, just yeah. ask yourself, 
like if I said to you now, um, picture a pink elephant in your mind. If I said, picture a pink elephant. Okay. Right? Picture a pink, okay, have you got it? I know this. <laughs> How do you know? Because you notice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I noticed. I'm noticing there's a pink elephant in my mind. <laughs> That's you. That's who you are. Yeah. And the big problem that we make is so you're not going to identify with being a pink elephant. Now, some people will, and they'll lock them up, unfortunately, because they'll go and they'll start, you know, behaving like an elephant. Unfortunately, people do that. But, you know, we've been conditioned that you're not a pink elephant. Yeah. But unfortunately, what we do is with a lot of the other thoughts that we've had, which we've already talked about and agreed are mostly neurotic, fear-based, we identify with them. We think they're real. Right. That's the problem. Yes. But you don't have any problem saying, yes, I noticed a pink elephant, but no, I'm not a pink elephant. Yeah. But we have a problem with noticing those other thoughts and saying, well, they're not me. We actually, the problem is that we don't do that. We do the opposite. We go, oh, 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 oh fear-based thoughts. <gasps> and now we're, in our, now we're in our own scary movie. Yes, yes. We are the director, producer, and main actor of our own scary movie. And it's the scariest movie you'll ever see. <laughs> in fact, we will pay Couldn't agree to go more. and see it. We will pay to go and see a Stephen King movie, a scary movie, right? You know, and we'll get scared and we'll walk out and we'll forget about it. But we don't forget about our own scary movie. But we are very small. Very small. But that's the problem, is the identification with the stories that we create. You know, you know this from psychology. With the stories that we create and our own scary, fear-based movie. Mm, yes. So true. Well, <laughs> this has been such an insightful episode today. Thank you so, so, so much for diving deeper into dynamics of a spiritual journey. So, well, there's so well, much coming the next week. Thank you. It's actually, I'd, like, I'd rather call it spiritual freedom or freedom. Mm, freedom, yeah. You know, the, shift, the shift, as I call it, is really about freedom. And as we said, freedom is essentially freedom from yourself. Yes. Yeah, so, well, thank you so much for um, giving us all a taste of spiritual freedom. My pleasure, Rena. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually enjoyed talking to you. It's been fun. It's, it's been great. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Fantastic. Thank you.